You're listening to Agency Highway. This is a podcast for agencies that want to grow their business and work less. Agency Highway is sponsored by Content Snare, a platform that helps digital agencies gather content from clients without digging through a storm of emails, huge attachments, and messy Google Docs. Sign up at contentsnare.com and use the chat widget to say you heard about Content Snare on Agency Highway, and you'll get a 30-day trial instead of the typical 14. Now, here's this week's episode. Hello and welcome back to Agency Highway. This is episode 102. That's a lot of syllables. Uh, So good to be in the hundreds. Uh, This is with Dan Englander. We're going to be talking about lead gen and automation around lead gen, a little bit of outbound stuff. I'm really excited for this talk. I'm I'm sort of looking through my outline and I think there's going to be some super awesome stuff for you guys in here. Dan, thank you so much for joining me. Thanks for having me, James. Appreciate it. And uh, it turns out another small world episode. We just got chatting beforehand. I happen to be wearing a shirt from an event um, that we've both been to uh, in separate years. How cool is that? Yeah, man, it's, that, that event's always fun. It's like it basically it's in Bangkok. So, you know, regardless of your, your income situation, you can go stay in this, the Conrad, which is this gorgeous, <laughs> you know, million yeah. star hotel. And I think that's like, <laughs> Half half of the fun of the whole things. Yeah, and you're paying hundreds of dollars a night for this place in Bangkok, which is like you know it's going to be pretty yeah. pretty schmick. <laughs> yeah, especially that that they have the international buffet and like sushi for breakfast and all this stuff. So yeah, <laughs> and it's the kind of place you basically can't. You got to try and get everything included because if you need to go to the bar, you're going to be paying about fifteen bucks for like a light crappy beer. <laughs> yeah that's where they get you it's always yeah. with the booze everywhere yeah yep yep absolutely <laughs> so dan um let's start with just a little bit about you guys like i see with sales schema your uh tagline we help marketing agencies win their dream clients now that is a pretty strong tagline tell me a bit about what you guys do and how you got into this yeah so so my background uh you know i basically in a nutshell moved to new york had a bunch of crappy internships and then landed a job at at an agency in like 2010 and i was an accounts grunt and i would pitch various mostly failed ideas to the likes of monster cable and big tin network and mark echo consumer clients like that as a social media shop eventually kind of took that experience moved on to selling creative services for for another agency focusing on video called idea rocket helped them do really well got on thousands of sales calls didn't really identify as being in sales i kind of thought it was like had a bad connotation like a lot of people do and then eventually my boss who i'm, I'm to this day uh good friends with was like do you want to get trained up do you want to actually learn how, how to sell and how to do this and and i was like yeah that'd probably be good for my income and the health of, of your business here <laughs> so so did that and, and you know eventually did pretty well there um won a number of fortune 500s and helped them get to seven figures and all sorts of other braggadocia and then did what i think a lot of people in our world probably you know from from bkk and so on did and took that Tim Ferriss pill and left and traveled Asia and uh, wrote self-published a couple of books about sales and account management and started sales schema. And then pretty early on um, pivoted to lead gen. Cause I was like, I, this is the only, if you, if you know, sales lead gen is the next best extension of a business that, that might be able to scale. So that was where my head was at nice. circa 2015, 2016. Um, and then it's just sort of evolved since then. And, you know, I think that, you know, to answer your question, what we're doing is we're, we're helping our clients get really good first dates and um, primarily throughout bound, although, the, the, although there's some things we do that kind of dip into inbound a bit. 
um, yeah, there's, you know, there's a lot that's changed. There's a lot of, there's a lot that's involved in, in doing it right. Um, and that's, you know, obviously stuff I'll probably get to. Yep. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, lead, lead gen is such a hot topic because I mean, everyone kind of struggles with it, right? <laughs> and, yeah. Yeah. Sorry, go ahead. Amy. No, no, you go for it. I was just going to say that it's, it's definitely a hot topic. And I think that if, you know, you're, you're in your LinkedIn profile or opening your email, you're probably getting pitched by companies doing it, you know, all day long and so on. And I think that it's, it's always something that's going to be a need, right? And that's, there's, so there, and because of that, there's always going to be a lot of BS um, going around about it. Um, and about what works and what doesn't. And I think yeah. that one thing that we've really focused on doing differently is admitting that, we're solving a hard problem, you know, that it's not easy, that there's not just a machine that you can put in the token and forget about it. And then the business will just come forever. Um, so that's, yeah. we, we've, we've branded it more as a people problem and, you know, doing something that's difficult as opposed to yeah. uh, fast moving, you know, machine solution. Yeah. Yeah. And I feel like if you hear someone touting that, you know, that you, it's like, I've got this lead generation machine. that's just like a tap that you turn on when you want it. It's like, well, you're probably full of shit. <laughs> right. Or yeah, well, yes and no. I assume you guys, there are, there is a level where you can do it, but like when it's touted as like something that's really easy to do, it's like right. clearly it isn't because everyone struggles with it. <laughs> Well, it's, 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 there was this great article. Um, I, where was it? The, the law of shitty click through rates, right? Where there's always going to be some new medium where there's early movers and somebody will have secret sauce. Like that, that, right. that, that dynamic does exist. It just doesn't exist for very long. Yeah. Right? Right. Especially like now compared to five or 10 or 20 years ago, where as soon as there's some hot new medium or, or, or method or some combination of things, it's going to become very mature, very fast. So you know, I think that's like an expectation we set with our clients a lot is what we're doing is the fact that what makes it difficult is what makes it work, right? The idea that we have to come up with something creative that's going to get somebody to open, click, respond, book a meeting with our clients, and yep. et cetera, is what we're, we're doing. You know, that's the whole, that's the whole point of it. Yeah. It blows my mind that there's still so much like this LinkedIn spam that's all the same. Like the amount of web designers I get that are like, oh, we do professional web design work at $20 an hour. Like they say their rate straight up and then it's like, here are the things we can do and here are like 900 examples. It's like, how often does this actually work? I started trying to pitch them back on our product because we sell to agencies. So that's like my, I have like a canned response for LinkedIn spam now that that when they're clearly an agency. (laughs) Right. Right. They never yeah, reply. I've done that a bit too. <laughs> well, I'll, I'll actually I'll get a lot of those too, and I'll, I'll do kind of the same thing. But I'll ask them. I'll be like, "What like what rates are you getting?" I'm just curious. Like, what? Because <laughs> like, maybe yeah. I'm wrong. Maybe you know, <laughs> I don't think so though. But you know, I'm all, I'm always curious. Like maybe this because I think that's one mistake that people do make is assuming that because you've reacted a certain way that this isn't working for them overall. You know, mm. um, but. I think you're probably right to assume that yeah that the, <laughs> the race to the bottom you know web designers aren't doing so well totally do you follow Dan Norris by the way uh not not in a little while but yeah, I'm familiar no. yeah so yeah Dan Norris a, a fellow dynamite circular um from the yeah. Bangkok event but um uh, 
he on Facebook, he's always sharing hilarious responses to um, like the LinkedIn stuff. Not so much that he sends to them, but he's like, he'll be photoshopping like the automatic replies to LinkedIn. And yeah. it'll be just like, oh, look, LinkedIn's finally worked out what I want to say. And it, cause it suggests responses. And he's like photoshopped it to say, like, F off with your shitty spam, you douchebag or something. Yeah. <laughs> I <funny>. love it. <laughs> well, the, the LinkedIn is like, to me, is such an incoherent platform. I mean, don't get me wrong, it's the only game in town for B2B and for, for what we're doing. Mm. Um, but it just seems like a platform that, that doesn't understand what it wants you know <laughs> where <laughs> yes. there's sort of like selling you data that you can't export or can't do anything with and you know you're not supposed to and obviously they discourage spam but everybody it's the open secret that the whole thing is just spam um so yeah. I, I don't know I, I mean i get whispers and rumors of them moving towards some sort of ppc model you know um and beyond what they're doing now, but right now it's just, it's, it seems like the, it's the most convoluted platform for. Yeah. How, how and like, is, I know. never use the newsfeed because it's just so irrelevant to me. Like I try to unfollow people and turn off different events and everything. And I scroll through yeah. it. And I'm like, why is this stuff being shown to me? Like I just, I try to train it as much as I can. And it's just all useless crap still. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. But I mean, yet at the same time, um, we have to play there cause it's yeah. where, yeah, of course, where, the, where people are. And I, you know, I think I, I do find myself sort of like in these, these lawn battles every so often with the inbound crowd. And there's, there's, there's this weird sort of like inbound versus outbound, the, you know, turf war that happens sometimes, which I don't really understand because, and it usually, I mean, I want to try to steel man the, the sort of anti inbound, approach which usually goes something to the effect of you know you're you're spamming people you're interrupting them you're getting in, in into their inbox without asking and that sort of thing which is all technically true i think um i think the issue is though there there isn't any sort of marketing you can do aside from just getting organic referrals that doesn't or or paying for search ads that doesn't involve some sort of interruption. So if there isn't an established need and somebody isn't searching for it in Google, you're essentially going to have to be interrupting them somehow. So then it's just a devil in the details sort of play, you know, whether it's a pop-up ad or a billboard or, or, or exactly. Yeah. Well, I mean, even Facebook ads is interruption based, right? Like it's not, like you said, search intent is like the only really thing. If they're searching for exactly what you do and you come up, then sure. But other than that, it's it's kind of all interruption. Exactly. Yeah. But I do think that, you know, the, the devil is in the details as always and how you do it matters. And mm-hmm. But for me, I'm like, you know, my, my comeback's often like making a really weird programmatic algorithm that's passively listening to me, to us and <laughs> serving ads to me is a lot less ethical than making a targeted list of a hundred people and enriching that data and then asking them if they want to have a call with you, you know, yeah. or when you understand them and you've, you've done your homework and so on. So, um, so anyway, that's, uh, that's my rant there. And I, I guess to kind of get into like what, what's working, you know, I think in the early days of outreach, we were, there really was more of a numbers game dynamic. It really was more about purchasing a list and then you would like, get X, you get 10% of people on a list of a hundred to or a list of a thousand to agree to talk to you. And what we're seeing now, and I think it's because of like technical changes, macro changes, the fact that there's just a lot more internet businesses is, is more of a move to the long tail and to 
to depth and to personalization and all all of these things. That's kind of where where we've gone with this. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I'm very keen to talk about that because it's clear that a lot of people aren't doing any level of personalization, like besides first name, you know? (laughs) So yeah, yeah, I'm really keen to, to hear about that. And like, I am, I'm mostly inbounds with, with our business. Um, but, um, I am totally not against outbound. I've tried it several times. Um, it, yeah. it's, it's harder to make work for us because we're a SaaS business, low dollar value. We can't spend as much time personalization, sure. personalizing yeah. stuff. Um, whereas, you know, if you're, if you've got several, you know, five figure deals, potentially more that you, you're going to get from a client, it makes way more sense to spend more time personalizing each request, I think. So I'd love to yeah hear about what you're doing in, in this yeah. space. Yeah, and and I think that when people go off into uh, the case study talk, it's it's often just pure success. Like here, you know, mm-hmm. here's here, the thing about it is we've done like personalized campaigns, and we've done a lot of research and homework, and it still doesn't work. Like that that happens too sometimes for for whatever reason. Like, but I, I would say that more often we're successful from personalizing, and what that might look like is we're figuring out. You know, we're doing ABM, we're doing a, a pretty tight list of companies we want to go after. Um, and we're we're building on that over time, and then we might be researching things that people are posting, um, rel- you know, relevant information we're getting, events that they're going to, even if it's not literally personalized to that company. If you're sort of doing the outreach around around a human element, like like an in person event, or now you know a digital manifestation of that event, or referencing something that says, okay, this person's in in my tribe, or likely to be in my tribe then that's going to get a much higher, you know, rate of response. Uh, and then beyond that, there's just a lot of like little intangibles to email that I think make it really interesting. I mean, it sounds boring, but I think what's so cool about email is that it's almost like the old letter writing campaigns of, of like the direct response people, or it's almost like this timeless art form in a way, because it's just the, the, the digital version of that where the medium is literally, you know, not clouded by, social media or other things going on. It's very like pure in a way. Um, And and I find that like a lot of the intangibles are like the, the shape of the message itself. Like there's, there's a shape of a message when you, that you get from a friend that you, this is different from a colleague. It's different from somebody you don't know selling you something. Uh, Yeah. And that, that matters a lot. And that's always yeah. something that we're like going back and forth on. Yeah, yeah. I can totally see that. Cause I mean, I get occasionally I get um, feedback on some of my emails that it is like, you know, that like I've written it to a friend and that's like, that's my favorite thing to hear because that's what I try to do, you know, with both subject lines and yeah. like, so some, I've actually had a couple of replies where they're like, Oh, that was a weird subject line. But it was like, if I was writing this email to my mate, or like someone I know, what would it say? And this isn't necessarily with um, outbound stuff. So, you know, I'm not going to claim to be like some bloody expert at that. But, you know, when I'm writing to my list of people that have signed up to like automation stuff or whatever, it's my personal brands and I'm writing as me. It's like what I would write is if this was to one friend, um, you know, exactly how I'd write it. And that's what I try to do now. And it, it seems to get good feedback. Yeah, yeah. We try to do that as well. And I think that, with that in mind, like one thing I've been trying to sort of walk, you know, the fine line between, between doing that. But at the same time, if it's like a newsletter, I want everyone to know it's a newsletter. I don't want, like, there was a point at which I think it was kind of cool for it to like bridge this gap where like, Oh, I'm going to do a fake 
webinar that's automated, even though it's not. <laughs> I'm going to try to like convince people it's me talking yeah. to them one to one, even though it's automated. And I think like we're. It seems to me that we're, we're moving past that now. Where you know, it's just based on a lot more honesty and transparency, and that seems to work a lot better because it's just like it's just so tired out. <laughs> Yeah. yeah, but I mean, to me, it is kind of, it's still honest if I actually sure. like the people on my list and I want them to reply, oh, yeah. you know, like I, with content snare, it's a bit different. So with the software, cause you know, we've got such a massive range of people on that list now. And like, right. I feel like I don't really know who they are. Um, yeah. Cause we've got people from like top 10 airlines through to, and like, and like some of the biggest, um, like events like a triathlon company and this kind of stuff uh yeah. through to like freelancers and it's like i can't pretend i know who any of these people are anymore so right. that's become harder but with the automation like my personal brands like i feel like i just it is like writing to one person and it is still like honest because i and then they ask them to reply and they do and it's awesome yeah. um even though that's a shitty day for email and i have to reply to a lot but you know i asked right. for it <laughs> Yeah. Yeah, exactly. And then sometimes like if your timing is just good, then the rest of it doesn't seem much matter. Like even if the person you're sending it to knows that it's a human or a robot or whatever, mm. if it's, if it just sinks in yeah. <laughs> and you have those campaigns that just kind of go off like gangbusters sometimes. Yeah, totally. You can't, like you can't do it again. Sometimes it's like lightning in the bottle situation. Yeah. Yeah. yeah so yeah, let's, let's actually talk about like the, uh, your process for, this outbound lead generation and like, cause, cause there's got to be all different bits that can and can't be automated. Like you talked right. about personalization and, you know, I've kind of been through this process before and I've noticed that it's like, you know, you automate this little bit and then like you switch to like a manual process where a VA might have to do a bunch of stuff. And like, yeah, I'm really interested in, I guess your, yeah. your research process, like just kind of start to finish. You don't need to give away the farm, but just like, yeah, something that someone listening to this can go away with and, and sort of attack this problem. Yeah, it's it's a good question. It's definitely changed over the years, um, and and the way that it's that it's looking now. And I think that if you know for for your listeners, um, LinkedIn is a great place to start. Assuming we're talking about B two B white collar and that sort of thing. Mm. Um, and, and I think that that's, you can almost think of that as like the raw oil, you know, that you're there refining to get it to a place where you can, you can put in your car. So sales navigator, you know, I think is a great place to look. Um, I th- what, what you're finding is there's a lot of like data vendors, B2B data vendors and stuff that are essentially like scraping LinkedIn, cleaning it and then repackaging that data. And, mm-hmm. you know, I think that maybe in some cases it's worth buying from them, but usually you can do this on your own. So from there, you know, there's there's different tools for for scraping that data. There's a, there's a whole bunch of them. I'm sure if you Google them, you can find a lot. We bounce around between them. Like Lead IQ is one, Hunter is another one. Oh yeah, and so uh, on, so, so yeah. on. From from there, there's a whole bunch of them. So so from there, you know, the the data is kind of like milk and eggs. Like it goes bad quickly. So you really want to get to a place where you're pretty sure the data is good before you start enriching it, because otherwise you could be putting a lot of time and energy and investment into, into emails for people that aren't there anymore or, or whatever. Just to, just to back up. So people listening yeah. to this, so the actual thing you're talking about there is creating a list of people on like, so using LinkedIn sales navigator to find people that you want to target and then Correct. getting their emails through Hunter or one of these systems. Is that what you're saying? 
Yeah, and, and I'm definitely like stepping into the the tactical forest r- really quickly. Um, yeah, of course. It's I, I, I know I don't want to only focus on that. I guess it's just it's good to visualize what the actual bread and butter, like what's happening underneath, yeah. right? And yeah, then lead enrichment sure. is the process of getting more data about that person. I bang on about enrichment a lot because it's, yeah. it's it's insane what these services can do. Like I I've mucked yeah. around with um, Clearbit quite a bit. Um, uh-huh. Like I just literally uh, recently I had a, a list of um, SaaS companies, just their names. All I could get were their names. And yeah. I realized you can use Clearbit to get the domains of those, or look up the domains of those companies. So I had like a Google spreadsheet that was looking up the names right. and, and dumping in the, uh, the domains, which was crazy. I didn't know that was possible. So. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. There's there's just a universe of these tools, and to back up a little, I think, and since you know we we both know the agency world pretty well, I think one the biggest problem agencies have, or one of them, is being scared to specialize, right? Being scared to to pick and not just a niche, but one of a few different areas where they feel strong, where they can focus, because. I think all of these tactics become overwhelming really quickly if you haven't done that yet and you don't mm. really know who you're going after and you're like, there's this person or that person or the third person. So, you know, once you can, once you can kind of silo that to the, the group that you can help, then everything else becomes a, a whole lot easier, you know? Yeah. So, well, that's like the prerequisite to all this, right? Like there's no point yeah. looking up sales yeah. navigator to find people unless you have a really bloody good idea of who you're looking for. Correct. Yeah, for sure. And and then from there, you know, I think that where the enrichment happens um, tends to be within the outbound platform, which because basically if you already have the contact for somebody that you've scraped, you don't you don't want to be enriching that data needlessly um, beforehand. I mean, you could you could just update it, but it's it's sort of easier to see how that's going to play out within outbound. But that's kind of tactical. You could probably do that in a spreadsheet or whatever. But the idea is that you, you're you're not enriching data you don't need is kind of just the, the rule of thumb there and then right. and then from there you know you're you're launching these campaigns and I think that you know the, there's a certain amount of automation that can happen um, at the outset and then you know you're you're going to get calls to people that want to talk and then this is where we see a lot of people over automating when when they shouldn't um, the fact is certain, you know, people are going to need different levels of follow-up in order to convert. Some people are going to convert right away via Calendly. Some people are going to need to be called because they're busy and they forget and they drop off. Mm -hmm. Um, And then you call them and you have the conversation that you were trying to set up. That happens all the time. Um, That's definitely worthwhile. And, and, And a million other situations that could happen. But what we see a lot is people have a tendency to create like a sequence that everybody goes through. Where, you know, when you're talking about bigger B2B offers, five, six, seven figure values, it's probably worth somebody that can tailor it a bit and, you know, have guidelines to work off of, but isn't trying to over automate. Um, And then from there, the, 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 you know, you essentially have a relationship with that person. You've talked to them. They're now leaving this outbound land and going into your CRM. And at that point, the automation, you know, you can almost envision like the automation is like reducing along with your funnel yeah. getting, getting more deeper. So Yeah, absolutely. I'm 
I'm really interested in what kind of campaigns like in the actual outbound portion are working lately. Cause you said yeah. um, you have to get, you find you have to get really creative and, and like that's where I see a, as a big differentiation here is cause like, obviously there's a large range of outbound from the, Oh, here's our rate and here's all the stuff we've made. And here's the 19 yeah. services we can do for you versus like, you know, I know for a while it was like audits. It was a lot of like, um, here's, here's an audit on your website kind of thing or like I, I don't know what's working anymore. So I'm really interested in what kind yeah. of campaigns you're, you're enjoying right now. Yeah, for sure. And there's a, there's a, an author that I love these days who's just on our podcast named Rory Sutherland. Uh, he wrote Alchemy. Um, and it's basically just, he's an old Ogilvy, you know, ad guy. And right. it's all just about irrational problem solving. And I think embracing like the uncertainty of it. And there's definitely an element of that. We have campaigns that do amazing that we have no idea why. We right. have other campaigns that we think are going to do amazing and they fail. Um, so that's always the dynamic. But I, I would say, you know, there's certain consistencies. So I'd hopefully can, can be useful there. I think the main one, and this is especially for agencies, um, is being second person, being focused on the prospect as opposed to the other way around. So a lot of the messaging, like pretty much 80% of the message is focused on the person that's being contacted or at least on their cohort or their situation. Like, you know, we like you're up against, it seems like you might be up against this was wondering if you've had this problem, you know, wondering about your experience here. And then there's like a PS block or a signature. And that only then is there like the paragraph on what, we actually do. So it's like, if you've right. read this far, then, then now you might be curious what we do. And, you know, that doesn't always work, but it's, it's been effective the last few weeks. We've done that um, for an event-based agency that's gone digital. And we got the meetings with like Google, HP, I think I want to say Lenovo uh, and oh. Microsoft within two weeks. And, you know, some of that was because of, of situational reasons, but I think that that's, it honestly kind of resembles a real conversation. Like if you met somebody at a party, you want to just say like, Hey, here's what I'm working on these days. Let me tell you about you. Like, yeah, hey, yeah. How are you? What do you do? How are you? And then they, you know, that's, it's, it's a little bit like that. Uh, so right. that's been, been pretty good. Yeah. I like that idea of just asking questions. Cause I've been really struggling with like crafting an outbound message lately. Cause I've been thinking about um, trying it for partners, actually people that can sort of resell our products because I've had a few, a yeah. bit of feedback now and I know what they're looking for. I kind of know who I need to reach out to, but it's like, I feel like there's this act balancing act between like getting enough information in that first message and uh, like having it too long. So, because yeah. if I see a long message, I'm immediately, I, I, I you know, maybe I'm in, like imposing my own thoughts on what, my target market. No, that's, that's correct. In our experience, like, you know, all things being equal, brevity is better. If you can yeah. make it short, you should. If I see I a long just, message, yeah. I just assume it's automated. Right. And just like, <laughs> yeah, but I would say that the, the one exception where we'll give ourselves more room to write longer messages is when we, we were doing more research. So we're front loading the message and there, you know, you see the preview and before you even open the, the email, oh, it's yeah. customized. Um, the issue is if it's fake customization or if it's like, you know, how's life at Acme LLC, <laughs> you know, then yeah. that's, that's not going to fool anybody. And not, not that you're even trying to fool them necessarily. You know, you actually mm. want to show that you've, you've done your homework, even if you did your homework at relative scale. So, you know, if you're reaching out to partners, you might say, Hey, saw you've been, you know, a reseller 
since 2015 and I glanced over the compelling work you did with client A and client B, you know, was wondering if you, you're looking to fill more reseller spots, uh, whatever, whatever, uh, from there. So that, that's, you know, one approach we've taken to that. So I love that actually. Yeah, that, that could work. And then, and then also like, I do think there's like a tipping point where, you know, you can, you could be too, too deferential, right? There's like a, a point at which you're, you're respectful, but it's sort of like saying like, we're both peers here. Like I'm busy, you're busy. Usually we're selling the authority of like somebody that's high up in an agency or, or we're doing the outreach as them. So there's a little bit of like, okay, you know, yeah, we want the meeting, but we're, we're not <laughs> going to like uh, kowtow too much for it. It's like, we, we, it's, it's also on you to, you know, we think this will be worth your time as well as the prospect. <laughs> so yeah, that sometimes you have to convey that without saying it. And that, that happens through brevity. It happens through the language you're using, being casual, et cetera. Yeah. Um, okay, cool, man. So I think there's like enough there to really like I, my brain's already going, you know, like just the, like I just think at that level of personalization that you've spoken about there is pretty scalable in a way, you know, like um, yeah. when you've got a VAs and stuff involved, but like, is there, are there situations where you like hyper personalize and write like a couple of sentences that are re- just yeah. manually written for that particular person? Yeah. Yeah. We're, we're doing that more and more and we might have campaigns where we're contacting like 30 or 50 people in a week. So, because that, it, it takes a lot of work to do that. Um, and the, the challenge I think is when you're getting into that realm and especially if you're moving into a new market is it's less VA able uh, because there's often weird situations where you need a certain amount of market intelligence um, yeah. to, to do it. So I would say that, you know, if you're getting started with personalization, even if you have a VA or, or you're using somebody um, it's you, you want to budget time for QC, you know, and mm. for, for going over the list and stuff. Um, like so, yourself. So yeah, yourself. Yeah. yeah. And, and I think that, it's, it's, it's high leverage time because especially if you're new to outbound, cause you're going to learn a lot about your market. Like it's just, just scanning LinkedIn profiles and figuring out, okay, I kind of like getting my finger to the closer to the pulse of, of who I'm selling to. Um, yeah. Well, I had, I had exactly this process the other day cause I was trying to find, um, you know, I can say I'm, I'm happy to share this cause like, uh, I, I'm convinced that a really good market for content scenario, our, our digital, um, our product that was originally aimed at agencies to collect content from people um, is getting used by all kinds of different people now just to improve their processes. Right. So it could be mortgage brokers, insurance, whatever. And I was like, who, like who fixes processes for people? There's this whole like subset of businesses that do that. And they don't, there's no name for that industry. Right. Like, and right. so some people are like, I'm a systems consultant. Some people are like workflow automation. Some are like processes. And yeah. like, I literally just browse LinkedIn and browse people for like a couple of hours. And then I stumbled upon a job role that I'm like, oh my God, like this is exactly the person. And now yeah. I'm just like, I've been digging through just like lists of these people being like, wow, they, this, they were all exactly the person I need. You know, I just found that by doing that myself and digging through profiles and finding this stuff. Um, right. Super helpful. And now I have a really uh, sort of tight understanding of our market for that. Yeah. It, it's weird how like there's these T 
tedious tasks that are really valuable at the beginning, you know, mm. um, to, to kind of put your head into the machine. Yeah. And I think that the, the thing about the, the data, the data element of this is that sometimes it's pretty easy and straightforward and other times it's, it's really tough, you know, like we have a campaign now where we're getting uh, a large agency meetings with pharma brands for like OTC brands, like over the counter brands, like the stuff you'd see in CVS or whatever nice. you have in Australia. Um, <laughs> and, and, you know, that sounds straightforward, but it's really tough because pharma, pharma brands don't, necessarily you know it's, it's hard to determine whether or not they have an o- otc brand under them so mm-hmm. you could have like pfizer but pfizer doesn't ha- sell like tylenol or whatever um so there's little things like that where it's like depending on who you're going after you might have to like really spend a lot of time <laughs> building that list out and getting it right and other times you know we're you're looking at funded SaaS companies. It's like the easiest, the easiest thing, but those guys are getting hit up all day. Right. Yeah. Constantly. I'm just, may I say the one thing I love about CVS is that it sells booze. I just love that. Our pharmacies do not sell booze. (laughs) Well, it's, it's funny because it depends what state you're in here in the States. I'm in, I'm in Virginia right now, kind of like in refugee status from New York and Virginia has really annoying liquor laws. So Uh, it's all, it's all state stores here. We bought a lot of booze from CVS when I was in Vegas, just because, it was like the only place to get decently priced stuff. <laughs> I mean, it's basically a drug. It's yeah. a drugstore. <laughs> yeah, true, yeah, true that. Yeah. <laughs> oh, man. Yeah, okay. So, man, I, I'm kind of got my mind running from this. I, I know you're probably no, not worries. wanting to dig into this level of uh, tactics or detail. No, I don't care, man. I'll, I just we'll, have one question. What yeah. tools are you using for the actual outreach at the moment? Yeah, so we bounce around a lot, um, but right now we're using reply.io. Okay. Um, I think that it's it's really good for its filtering. So it's uh, I'll say that that's the pro of it. I think the con is that there's a lot to sift through. Um, there's a lot of features that most people will not need to get to right away, you know? Okay. Um, so it's definitely maybe not the most user-friendly piece of software, but in terms of like filtering and creating really interesting campaigns and stuff, uh, it's pretty good. Okay, cool. Yeah. And it looks like it's pretty reasonable price. Like, um, you know, 55 a month, I think is the starting point for up to a thousand people a month here. So that's, you know, pretty reasonable. Um, yeah. And I'll also plug my buddy Lee. So Lee Gladish, um, and I'm, uh, he, he, I'm blanking on the name of his new, his new, uh, venture. I want to pull it up real quick, but if you're an agency, so like, let's say you need to run multiple campaigns for different companies or different detached entities. Um, his is looking like the best option for that. LinkedIn. Is it? Uh, it's not airborne app, is it? Airborne app. Excuse me. Yeah. Sorry, Lee. I, no. I blanked on. Uh, I found him on uh, yeah. on Twitter in that time, and and it was yeah, in his you're profile. Faster, faster on the draw. Airborne yeah. app. Yeah. Also, he's the COO of previously CEO of Reply.io. Correct. Yeah, he moved on. Yep. <laughs> yeah. Nice. That's cool. Um. Yeah, I'll check that out as well and link it up in the uh, in the notes. I thought I just saw someone I knew on the homepage. No, I can't go back. Damn it. Have you tried um QuickMail? Because he's a fellow DCer. I don't know if you know. Yeah, yeah. I don't have any issues with QuickMail. Um, I used them early on, and then I, I guess we just kept on traveling to different other platforms. And you know, I yeah, think it looks all, like re- all these platforms have pros and cons. Yeah, of course. Yeah, Reply looks yeah. like it's a bit um, more heavy duty. Like you said, there's a lot of um, different features and stuff going on there. Yeah, I mean, they they were like the first in the game. I want to say. And oh wow. like the stuff. Uh, one of the first, maybe not the very first, but 
the I was always I've always impressed with the content Quick Mail puts out in terms of like the technical aspects of this and everything. Yeah, nice. Yeah, I think that's been like I, I love actually seeing some of the content. Like it's the classic. Um, I don't know what you call it, but like free content as marketing, just unbelievable and inbound stuff. But Mailshake did the yeah. same thing, right? Like they're they're cold email course which got so much you know they're they're in a crowded market space of cold email tools and they did really well because of like basically a free course it's just like one of those case studies that a lot of people talk about yeah yeah i mean to nerd out on on cold email for a bit like it really is an interesting medium because it's essentially a protocol that's existed since the beginning of the internet and then you have these big tech giants like google microsoft and, and others that are trying to like get their talons into the protocol as, as close as they can, but they're never going to be able to control it completely or else you would never be able to send an email to somebody you don't know, which would defeat the purpose of email. Mm. If you can only contact somebody, you know, how would you establish that you know them and, yeah. and so on. So there is something that's kind of anti-fragile about email, although it's, it's definitely changed a lot. I think for, I think for the better, um, for the most part, but mm. you know, th- I think when people get into conspiracy land, usually what they'll say is that Google and Microsoft f- with LinkedIn want to control more and more of the B two B market, right? So if yeah. they, they want to control PPC and these platforms and so on, and email is allegedly a threat to that. I don't, I don't, hmm. I only buy that to a certain extent. Um, I think that you know they actually do want to reduce spam, um, but. At what point, you know, I just remember like I got a music minor in college and we studied uh, like experimental music for a while. And the the professor was like, how do you define noise? And his definition was any unwanted sound, you know, so it's like, how do you define spam? Any unwanted email. If, if you want the email, then it's not spam anymore, right? So yeah. whether that's a newsletter or an email from your buddy or an email you don't want from your buddy showing baby pictures that you've seen. Like, <laughs> Yeah, that's a really good point. There's a lot of noise that I get from people that I'm friends with as well. And, you know, there's, there's, look, in the grand scheme of how much cold email I've received, it's, it's mostly noise, but there has been stuff in there that I have replied to and it's turned into something. Right. Yeah. Um, me too. And yeah. I can tell you without fail that everyone that I reply to has some like a high level of value for me. Right. You know, like whatever it is, you know, if it's like link outreach or something, like they'll they'll offer to get me a link on such and such a website before they even want something from my website. You know, that's the classic. Right. You get so many so many link exchange emails, and then they get me a link from a really good site. I'm like, no way, they were serious. Um, that's a yeah. big difference. Then, like, will you please link to us? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Exactly. And I think that those sort of like purple cows, right? That's, that's what's going to keep working. And they're by definition supposed to be hard to figure out, you know, and supposed to require work. And I think the other thing that um, people don't think about with email that that really is a, a benefit for it is that, you're doing work when you're in your inbox, you're making decisions, like you're in decision mode, <laughs> you're, yeah. you're, you know, you're scheduling stuff, you're sending people responses um, versus LinkedIn or social media and you know, Instagram, you're 
yeah, like yeah, you, you might you might be interested in something. The chances of you like following up on it or locking it down are much much slimmer, right? Right. That's that's good to know because that, that was literally my next question was like, do you ever keep the outreach inside LinkedIn? And the reason I was curious is because um, for any Aussies listening to this, it's actually illegal to cold email Aussies. I think at all. I don't know. You might you need to do some yeah. research on that, but like it's from what I understand, it's like. It's a fine line in Australia, more so than really than fine. in the US. Um, but yeah, do you ever keep it on LinkedIn? So sometimes um, our our approach to LinkedIn has been to just get away from what everyone else is doing as much as possible, which yeah. is the automated spam messages. So often, I mean, to get tactical, often we are doing a connection request that's not asking anyone for anything. That's just mm-hmm. saying, "Hey, you know, we are in your space. We're in B two B software." we've, we've worked with companies like you, like we should, we should talk in the future, you know, someday down the road. And that, that, that approach like is kind of like using LinkedIn, what it was, the way it was designed, you know? Um, yes, there's a potential that you may be sold, but you know, I'm not asking for that right now, like exercising restraint. Mm. Um, so that's usually how we're doing it. And I would say that when we use that sort of connection message, we're getting responses maybe like 10% of the time, like without even asking for them, people are just like, yeah, it sounds good. Like let's talk sometime you know yeah cool um so that's wow. that's how we think about it it may change we might have you know we might evolve that at some mm. point but that's that's our approach right now yeah cool one one final i guess uh somewhat selfish question uh so you obviously service uh agencies you know like you you do lead generation for agencies how do you get in front of agencies is it with your own i guess tactics or what yeah, strategy I'd say it's about it's about eighty percent outreach, um, okay. and you know that's that that works well for us. Like we're we're kind of special guinea pigs in that way because mm. people are like, hey, it worked for me, so you know, I guess it worked worked to get you here. Uh, so that that does work. <laughs> we, you know, we've been doing it since, geez, like twenty fifteen, and that, I was actually using QuickMail back then. That's how that's oh, how wow. I started it. Yeah. Um, and so, you know, we've, we've, we can do things for ourselves that we can't do for clients until we've worked with them for a long time. Like we can do uh, a yeah. level of automation on ourselves that we can't do for clients. So yeah, we're getting most of it that way. And then more recently, um, the podcast. So we've been getting refer, you know, people inbound from the podcast from me being on shows like this, um, mm-hmm. and, and AdWords. So AdWords is the thing that I never thought would work that wow. is now working. That's interesting. Um, yeah, and it's just long tail. It's long tail stuff. So we're you know pretty minimal ad spends going after lead generation for agency type keywords. Nice. Um, yeah, that's that cool. seems to be working. Yeah, yeah. The reason I ask is just like I found agencies to be a like just difficult audience to get in front of, like using all the the classic inbound strategies. Yeah. Um, like yeah, you can find agencies everywhere on LinkedIn, and like so so outbound. I guess finding that finding the list is easy, but I guess a lot of people are um, reaching out to agencies. But you know, freelancers fairly easy. Smaller agencies they're hanging out. You know, a lot of Facebook groups. Uh, you know, and I'm connected to a lot of people that way. Um, yeah. But I've gone to speak with agencies or like where I do have a line to, to some larger agencies. And I feel like they're all so insular. Like it's re- like, they don't go to events. They like, they read like, um, yeah. search engine land or whatever. <laughs> like the or HubSpot blog will be the only two blogs I ever look at. So it's yeah. like, where do they don't listen to podcasts? A lot of them. I'm just like, wow. Like I'm so confused on how to get in front of more agencies. Um, and so like, you know, outreach, outreach makes sense. 
Yeah, I, I think I think it could work. Um, I, I do think that might. It depends what type of agency we're talking yeah. about, but I think that might be changing a bit. You know, I do think there are agencies kind of evolving past that and talking oh, yeah, to each totally. other. But um, but yeah, I mean, generally, like I think marketers are just sold to a lot more. Ironically, <laughs> you know, they're they're yeah. both drinking and uh, what's what's the word? They're both they're getting high on their own supply, basically. <laughs> I don't know. Maybe that's not the right metaphor. But, I know uh, what you mean, though, right? Yeah, it's, yeah. yeah. We uh, do get we, sorry. Go ahead, oh, I just say we do get hit with a lot. Like if you're a marketer, and like I imagine, just even putting that you're a digital agency on LinkedIn is just like a target <laughs> sometimes. Right. Yeah. There's so many X Y Z for digital agencies these days, and I, I think um, yeah, and uh, like when you look at that giant like uh, image of all the ad tech companies out there, there's like just thousands of them. So I, I do think they're hit up more than if you were hitting up like IT somebody something or other maybe, but. You know, mm, totally. it's, it's always, it's always a challenge no matter what. That's the, that's the point. Yeah. yeah, absolutely. Dan, well, thank you so much for sharing all this. This has been helpful. Like I'm sure it's been helpful for the audience, but you know, it's been bloody helpful for me too. Um, this has been a really good chat. Um, love your website, by the way, I've been like staring at it this whole time. I really, really like the way you display your clients in the header. Um, I think that's worth going and looking at just like the social proof you've got from who you've worked with um, in your, in like the little bubbles or your like major clients. Yeah. Thanks, man. We, the website was horrible forever and just got to redone, redone. So I'll give a plug to up giant. Who's our, who was our web designer on that. Nice. So very good. Real, um, well, new. Yeah. So uh, sales schema.com is where people can go to find out about how they can work with you to, you know, kick off some lead generation. Is there anywhere else you'd like to send people? Uh, yeah, we, we just did a webinar, uh, maybe a, about a month ago now on, on crisis prospecting, you know, which is the, the rote thing. Everyone's saying now on certain <laughs> times, blah, 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 but we have changed up a lot of, of how we do research and our messaging to, to make sure we're being a good taste and we know about the company before we reached out. So, you know, if you want to get everything we talked about and, and more, more into the tactical weeds of what that means, that's saleschema.com slash crisis prospecting one word basically crisis prospecting all right i will right. link that up in the show notes which will be at agencyhighway.com slash one zero two um dan mate thanks a lot this has been awesome yeah thank you man appreciate it hope you guys have enjoyed that episode my mind is absolutely racing and i hope yours is too if you uh think you know someone who will get something out of this please feel free to share it with them that's it and i'll see you in the next episode Discover how to grow your agency, earn more, and work less at agencyhighway.com. Head over there to get resources from this episode and full transcripts. See you next time. This episode was brought to you by Content Snare. If you're a digital agency or just need to get content or info from your clients, Content Snare can help you collect it on time and without enormous email trails. Give it a try at contentsnare.com.